0: 90.7 FM, WWOZ, and I'm proud to have in the studio uh, Chris Rose, the writer Chris Wills. Welcome to WWOZ. Thank
1: you very much. And talk a little closer to that microphone. All right. There you go. Have you been to OZ before? Yes, but not in the studio. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, the other side. I like the carpeting, the view of the river. This is uh, this is nice. Okay. Yeah, but I was over in the old cluttered office a couple of times in uh-huh. the past.
0: Okay, but here we go. Back when the- I was a
1: literary sensation. Yeah. Back when I was Chris Rose, I, I love people. Come and what up, are you now? I, I don't know, but I, I got this stick where people come up to me now and I go, are, "Are you Chris Rose?" And I go, uh-huh. "Well, I used to be." And <laughs> and they don't. I, I don't know what that means. They don't know what it means. They, yeah. How do you? How I do generally you kills on, any further that? conversation, though.
0: Well, is that what you want to do? Kill? The well, I, no, no, no. I, what I want to do is I want to be Chris Rose again. I, oh. That was that was fun
1: for a couple of years. So
0: you have a new a new book you're hoping to write, I, or, or it's it's written, or well,
1: it's somewhere in between those two. Uh-huh, okay. You know, here's, here's the funny thing. My dirty little secret is, uh, you know, there been years people wanted a sequel to One Dead and Attic. I've wanted to do one. Right. Many years in between, there wasn't a whole lot of clarity,
0: uh-huh. okay.
1: uh, sanity, uh-huh. uh, the the mental who ability need, and the physical energy to be able to do it. Sure, uh, I've sure. Sort of I've sort of come out, uh-huh. I think, I hope. Okay, okay. And uh, what people say, why don't you just r- r- write another book? Like, the other, my dirty little secret is I never really wrote a book before. Uh-huh. One Dead and Attic was uh-huh. a compilation of newspaper stories that I right. wrote on a daily basis over time with right. no...
0: And we're going to come back to that yeah, in, in just no a little bit. No processing.
1: Yeah. So, I, all I did was I compiled right. a book out of existing things. So, now... Writing a book from scratch, and here's what I've discovered: it's really hard. It's really hard. (laughs) And you've been writing for how long? Your whole adult life. I I have, I have. But putting something together from scratch, it's much easier to just take a big pile of stuff and staple it together and and put it out as a book. And have
0: you written it yet, or you're
1: in the process? It's a it's a pile of uh, it's a pile of stories and notebooks and um, you know. I guess I'm compiling once again, but trying to trying to put it all put basically you know five past five or six years into uh into a cohesive story and writing a more long form i mean one that the first book is just these short little stories is i'm told great toilet reading it's uh-huh. on, i'm very honored when i walk into a friend's house and there it right. is on the back of the toilet because you know it's two pages and on to the next story at least they read it these day hey, <laughs> uh you know better than hidden away on a bookshelf yeah sure. uh, but this is sort of a uh, longer form and uh it's fun. It's interesting. It is, it is, It is. though. It's really hard.
0: And is it is it going to be a follow-up to One Dead in the Antic? Or? I
1: guess, for lack of a better term, because it's the same topics. Uh-huh. You know, me and New Orleans, me in New Orleans. And um, somehow, I have managed... Uh, I feel that me and the city, as with a lot of other people, and I think that's why they relate to my writing, uh-huh. have all been on the same wild ride. Right. So, for lack of a better term, yeah, it, it picks up where the last book, Left off and continues to tell the story of this city uh interactions in it, the people, the events so i, I think it's safe to say up, that it is up till now, so
0: yeah. okay, talking to chris rose and and the, you have a title for the book
1: i I do it's called uh as Not Seen on Oprah, a very new Orleans name, but look it's a it's a lot more cheerier than one dead in an attic yeah, well, and actually that's that's where the whole story begins. On the second anniversary of Katrina. Right, okay. Was when Simon & Schuster bought my self-published book, and it came out nationally on that day. Okay. And on that day, I was on Oprah. Okay. Now, picture this. You're first-time writer. Your book comes out. You go on Oprah. You're thinking, <laughs> by the end of the night, 11, you know, 11 million copies sold. Right. I now live in the South Pacific. Don't have to do anything live a great life. Well, I get on and I'm not allowed to mention the book. Hmm. They just want to talk about depression, mental health issues in New Orleans, of which I was a very articulate spokesman uh-huh. at the time <laughs> and probably still am. Okay. So I ch- kept trying to get the book on there. I'm thinking, this is all I need. Come on, man, give me a break. I'm in a bad way. I need this. Right. Don't get to mention the book. Get hassled about uh, other things on it and anyway, so and the reason was they said Oprah has not endorsed this book. Is not part of her book club, and they're worried uh-huh. when products, books, anything is mentioned on that show. Right. People put a sticker on it that says, as seen on Oprah, uh-huh. and they're very protective of that brand name. Okay, guys, so, what happens know. is, I don't get to mention my book. The story about that that I wrote goes viral, mm-hmm. and every disgruntled writer in the nation, it seems, <laughs> and there's a lot of those, <laughs> went out and bought uh-huh. my book uh-huh. online and supported me. I got emails from my guy in Savannah. Savannah writes, uh, I can't even pay my electric bill this month, but I'm buying your book for standing up to Oprah. <laughs> and so by the end of the week, I was number 34 on the New York Times bestseller list. Wow. Okay. Because my book wasn't mentioned <laughs> on Oprah, not. hence the beginning of my life after One Dead attic, which is as not seen on Oprah. <laughs> Good story. Well, first chapter of the book, that one's written. <laughs> And then it then it then it goes on from there because at that point my life changes as does a lot of New Orleans. But at that moment I became Chris Rose, you know, you like go. like that two word brand that I have somehow become and well, can't escape. Well,
0: the book has to start somewhere, and that sounds like a great. Place. Uh, that's it. That's okay. it. Okay. And and folks can help you with this project. I, I'm guessing oh, I won't be
1: mentioning that book on her show again. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, life yeah. takes its strange twists and turns, uh, no, though, doesn't so,
1: it? You know, somebody said, are you worried? She'll sue you for the title. I said, that would be the best thing that could ever yeah. happen to me. Yeah. Yeah, then I'm on a... the New York Times bestseller list again. Well, that's your
0: third book, As Sued by Oprah. There you go. Yeah, see? Go. see, We are, we already got the name of your, your next book. So, And folks can help you with this uh, project.
1: They can. Uh, I am uh, have a project on Kickstarter .com. I'm sure many musicians have been in here talking about it. Yes. It's, uh, I think generally most of the people associate it with musicians. But it's a platform for creative people to put their projects and creation out in front of – it goes around traditional publishing paradigms. So they for instance, I am not in a position – You know, I don't have an advance. So you go to your public and say, here's, here's what I got. Um, you want to support it. It's a way for folks to su- support – musicians, artists. It's really great. Kickstarter, if you go on there, there's all these New Orleans projects on there, all this great stuff uh, that people are creating and making and, and, uh, and appealing to the city to uh, help out if they want.
0: Okay, so they go to kickstarter.com, and, and they, then they look, search for Chris Rose. Chris Rose.
1: And that's, uh, that's how they And help. then, boom, you see the the book cover's there already. As not seen on Oprah, which, my, he, which my brother designed, just like he did one that now. Did out. he really? Got okay. my same team together.
0: All right, there you go. Talking to Chris Rose, the uh, writer, about his... Uh, his, uh, his 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 book he's gonna be gonna be putting out next. Let's uh, let's play some music, then we'll come back and talk some more. Let's check out uh, Peabody doing uh rainy day. Peabody here on ninety point seven FM WWOZ, and I'm talking to uh, Chris Rose, uh, the writer, and uh, welcome to WWOZ.
1: Thank you very much. That was such a sad song. How come everybody always plays sad songs when I walk into the room?
0: Well, it was just that kind of that kind of that kind of thing. So so okay. So you you wrote for the Times Picayune for twenty five years. I did. And before Katrina, you were doing, how would you describe Uh, it? I was
1: stalking Britney Spears. I don't know. I I was fighting. Well, Fluff, I like to think actually the truth is uh, it wasn't so much about chasing celebrities. I think what I told was uh, stories uh, about celebrity that usually had good New Orleans stories. Most of it Uh was about people who came here to do things, create things. Sure, the occasional weird thing with somebody like, you know, Leanne Rimes taking off her broad, uh, uh, what's that, coyote ugly, stuff oh. like that was fun and fluff. But I like, think I'm not ashamed at all of, of the body work. I think if you, read no, it, it, I think you they it, I think they were uh, New Orleans stories that told a lot about this town just through an odd... An it, odd lens.
0: It was entertaining. You're a good writer. So it was always, I always looked forward to your columns, you know. So I'm, I, don't, I don't mean to, you know, uh, degrade it, degrade no, your No worries. Writing. Enough people have
1: that, that you don't have to. But oh, I, like okay. I said, I, I stand by the work. I I, I was merely uh, an entertainer. Right. All I wanted to do when you picked up that newspaper three days a week back then was, was crack you up about some crazy stuff that happened in town that you probably didn't know about.
0: And you did a fine job. And that's the point I'm coming to because then, boom, Katrina happened. And then how did you make the transition from uh, celebrity writing to uh, chronicling the uh, post-apocalyptic New Orleans?
1: Well, okay, before all the crazy celebrity stuff, I mean, I actually was a real, I'm doing my air quotes here, a real reporter for many, many years. So it's not like I didn't know how to deal with, Heavy issues, you know, I right. covered crime, economics, whatever. Right. Uh, but it happened, and well, first of all, you know, my beat was eviscerated. Much like the sports guys, there weren't going to be any Saints games. There wasn't going to be much going on right. in the backstage of House of Blues right. for quite some time. Right. And it wouldn't have mattered anyway. There was one story to cover at that time. Right. And, you know, some folks chose to be here to cover it, some did not. I. You know, I had a choice. Had to be here. Had to tell the story. Right, right. I did not, like, you know, consciously think that weekend as the storm rolled in, well, I think I'm going to reshape myself, remake my image, and become the voice, what is it, the mordant voice of the distressed city or whatever, you know. Sure. Ended up being called in weird reviews. Uh, it just was the natural flow. I just started telling stories. right. And I guess what it was I, I did the same thing I did before I didn't have a beat you know I mean, we had we had ever- guys with SWAT we had guys with National Guard we had folks with you know the mayor and me I was just doing what I'd always done before which was just walking around New Orleans right. checking things out and telling stories that kind of popped up again stories that were interesting fascinating about our city that you probably didn't know and right. that was it and you know a lot of it was rough sad stuff but i mean my defense mechanism as a lot of folks was was to look for you know the humor in it i mean all you really wanted to do after a couple weeks all you really want to do is try to find a way to laugh sure you know and so somebody has to tell the jokes about the death and destruction of a great american city and i stepped up to the plate
0: <laughs> and was there <laughs> a discussion with your editor about this
1: or? oh man nobody talked about anything back then i mean that really? was literature in a hurry uh-huh really yeah, I mean, I just—I okay. started filing stories. You know, first couple of days was online. Okay. Um, no, I mean, the editors liked it. I mean, we were we were we were getting hits and attracting attention, and there was that one particular story I wrote, "Dear America," right, which sort of launched everything that that ended up going viral too and becoming a, a mantra. And so, no, I mean, the editors loved yeah. my stuff. I mean, you know, I, I brought us a, helped bring us a lot of attention.
0: And, and and you were back in town. How soon after the
1: storm? I got in. Uh, it was the first storm I ever evacuated for.
0: Mm-hmm, okay. I
1: hadn't planned on it, but uh, right. that big red blob. And this time I had three little kids. Uh-huh. Uh So uh, uh, we left town. What I did was I got my uh, my uh, then wife and children out of town. We went gallivanting across Mississippi. Ended up in Baton Rouge, and uh, it took me till the Sunday after to get them on a flight uh, from Baton Rouge to uh, to my parents' house in Maryland. Right. And I went back. Uh, to uh, her grandparents' house, I wrote "Dear America," uh-huh. sent it in, and then I drove across the causeway and then began.
0: A week after the storm.
1: Yeah. Okay. So Sundays started, like six days, I guess.
0: And 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 I, I got to say, I, I I think you did a a, a great job of chronicling uh, post uh, Katrina New Orleans, the psychological landscape. So
1: that's that's the word for it. Well,
0: you did a great job, and uh, it it took a personal toll.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who set you up with these questions? <laughs> i'm just i'm just making them up as they go along uh yeah like i i like i said uh i became an articulate spokesman for the uh-huh. mental health issues in new orleans right. which is right. one way of saying uh I, I had a breakdown i went crazy uh you know addicted to painkillers uh hmm. you know uh an arrest you know the, the whole run of uh, of things that a, that a literary bad boy needs to do to get any credentials and uh yeah it it took a toll and that's i mean that's You know, that's why it's all these years later that I'm finally, you know, getting down and digging into it again, tell more stories, is that even though I managed to, you know, I stayed at the Picayune a couple more years, did some work at Gambit, went on television for a couple years. Through much of that, it was a struggle. It was a struggle to stay sane. It was a struggle to sustain employment, to raise my children. Um, Somehow, somehow on the other end, I, I made it out. You know, I feel like I made it out for the past year and a half, two years. I have felt like I, I, I woke up again. Okay. Like the, I mean, again, I, it seems like it parallels the city a lot. It just seemed a point where you looked around and you couldn't see the scars anymore. And there you go. and now and, that
0: you have your street cred, you're gonna <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you, you're you're ready to put it all in in your next book.
1: Right. Well, that's, there's a the joke. I mean, obviously, I write a lot about myself. You got to write about what you know, but right. you know I tell stories, put it in the context sure. of the city and things like that. But one way, you know, people saying, "Oh God, this isn't an addiction memoir, is it?" And I said, "No, not 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 exactly." The market's flooded with those, and they go, "Oh, even worse, it's not a daddy memoir." <laughs> and I go, "No, no, no. no I got no, my no. own market. It's the addicted daddy memoir. Yeah. <laughs> I got that market cornered. Uh, that and many other uplifting stories from them." Okay. Past years.
0: In, in, in post Katrina New Orleans. So. Yeah. But okay. I'm
1: hoping, I, you know, a lot of people told me that I helped them with their mental health issues uh, well. with my writing, that people connected to it. So if I can do anything of that sort for uh folks who've gone down the rabbit hole of uh, of opiates or anything else mm-hmm. then I'll have, I'll have done my job. I put thousands of people into uh into psychiatric care now. Maybe I put a couple hundred in rehab.
0: Well, <laughs> I I think uh, I think uh we all went a little crazy, a little like, uh, uh, post traumatic stress disorder after Katrina. So so you were yeah, perhaps the voice. So anyway, on to the new book uh called uh, as not Seen or Oprah?
1: As not seen on Oprah, Oprah okay. let's be clear about and, and that
0: and folks can uh, help you out with this project by folks going can to... help
1: out at kickstarter.com and they, they go to
0: the, and they go to kickstarter.com yeah and then you punch in uh, you Rose. can punch
1: in the title of the book but you just punch in Chris, Chris Rose. Rose and may I just say many other worthy New Orleans projects out mm-hmm. there on Kickstarter many Absolutely. musicians I know that Lynn Drury I know that Kristen Diablo have uh, gone that route to make records oh, yeah. and uh, oh, yeah. good stuff out there,
0: and you have a deadline with your Kickstarter project. Uh, I do.
1: Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Kickstarter gives you a thirty-day deadline, and uh, I got till uh, July seventh. I, just, I got a week, a uh, week. to uh, to make
0: or break it. Okay, so folks, don't dally if you want to help Chris
1: Rose with this project. Do not that's, dither. That's, do not dally.
0: That's my point. So, Chris Rose, thanks for stopping by. Thank you. I'm looking as always. forward to reading the book when it comes out. I am too. All right, take care of yourself, <laughs> and uh, let's check out some Rough Seven doing helicopter chop.